everyone. Welcome to my show, My Soul Called Fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome, welcome. We are in series number two of our Breast Cancer Awareness, and we are taking this month to really acknowledge breast cancer. And I am so excited to bring these two fabulous women, um, one I just met, Chris and I have been friends for quite a few years, but Chris Martin is here to my left, and I have Sona Dava. Is that correct? Did I say it? Dave. Dave. See, I can't. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. But hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Well, thank Thank you. you. We're thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. So let me remind everyone what we're doing here. So we started out with Dr. Kent. She's oncologist at Baylor in Fort Worth. And um, she talked about everything. I mean, diagnosis, everything. Then we decided to bring on survivors. And Chris, you are so fabulous to help me find Sona and bring her on. And and what a courageous thing to do. And then we have Sex After Cancer, which will be following this show. So Dr. Celeste Holbrook in Velvet Box helps us through and walks us through not only breast cancer, but many forms of cancer for male and female and healing and how all that plays in. So Welcome here, and I am so excited that you are willing to share your journey with breast cancer. Well, I think it's important to share your story and to share your journey because you never know how you're going to help somebody else who is either newly diagnosed or is having, you know, maybe some weight, you know, issues coping on down the way um, mm-hmm. because it's it's a really big journey and everybody's is incredibly different. I mean, you start out in the same place, which is you have a cancer diagnosis and it really kind of spokes out like a bicycle spokes on a bicycle wheel and everybody's journey is, is, is very different. And we, you know, when you had um, asked me to do this, I have, I had a much, I don't want to say it was easy, but I had a much different um, experience with cancer and journey with cancer than Sona did. Sona, um, hers was a little more advanced and she had to go through some different treatment and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. but it's nonetheless, it's still emotional. There's a very physical, um, uh, journey that you go through, but there's a, there's a mental journey that you go through. I can only imagine. I think the mental part is worse for me, it was oh, absolutely yeah. Mental, mentally, and and emotionally, it's 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 tolling on you, you know. So, um, I think everybody sharing their experience. I I remember feeling I was thirty eight when I got diagnosed, wow. and I had just um, <laughs> had a one year old, um, mm. and um, you know you felt you feel alone. So when you hear someone else telling their story kind of makes you feel like, okay, well, maybe you're not alone. You got someone else that's going through the same thing that you you can reach out to. You can, you know, you can share. And that's, I, I know I've made a lot of um, connections and friends. Actually, you know, Chris and I have gotten to be good friends, not not just because of this, but, yeah. you know. It's, you share a lot you and you share different experiences and, oh, this worked for me and this didn't. And we kind of talked about some of those things mm-hmm. um, on the way here, you right. know, and, you know, different doctors take different approaches on, on the treatment and things like that. And even after treatment, because, right. you know, they put you into menopause afterwards um, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. So, right. um you know, and there's different ways to go through that. I mean, you go from zero to 180 and <laughs> quickly, huh? very quickly. And, um, you know, all of a sudden you're young and you have all these hot flashes and mood swings and craziness mm-hmm. on top of healing from surgery or chemo or any other kind of treatment. And you kind of run around like a hot mess for a few years. Oh, my stars. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine even postmenopause. I'm a hot mess. But <laughs> so, Chris, remind me and tell everyone you have had breast cancer twice. Is that correct? And does that mean it, um, you, you went into remission and it came back or how did it, well, explain that to us. Well, okay. So, and a a lot of people, in fact, not very many people know this story. So I, um, I had actually, I was 41 and had, um, I was scheduled for a mammogram later that year and it was, um, April, and I was out working in the yard and it, of course it was a Friday at three o'clock and I thought, okay, we're all going to go to dinner. So I went in and took a shower and I'm taking a shower and I looked down at my feet and I thought, oh, I have a nosebleed. No. 
No. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's really strange. I, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there going, man, this is a righteous nosebleed. And I went, okay, well, I wiped my face and there was no blood on my face. And I got out of, so I got out of the shower and I look in the mirror and my right breast is bleeding profusely. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Wait, <laughs> from the nipple? Kurt, that, yes. Yes. Yeah. What? And so I went, okay, I think there's a situation here that oh, no. it was like, and of course it's three o'clock on a Friday. No one's open. Oh, heavens I no. can't call no. anybody, you know, your no. doctor's on the golf course or wherever oh, of he course. is. And, of course. And so I, um, I went next door, my next door neighbor had, um, a, a new baby and she had nursing pads and I called her and I said, can I borrow some nursing pads? And she goes, yeah, do you want to explain why? And I go, not really, but I'll tell you later. So I got into my doctor early. They immediately sent me for, um, you know, a, a mammogram and they did a sonogram and all kinds of other things. And he said, yeah, you got some stuff going on here that um, like little calcifications and things like that. And he said, I'm not quite sure why, you know, you bled, but something's going on. So I went, um, they did a diagnostic a mammogram after that and a few more tests and then um, a, a, a biopsy. A, a, they call it a core needle, mm-hmm. a core needle biopsy. So you lay on a table and they have a sterile field and they um, they take a biopsy and you're awake um, of, you know, wherever the, the place is mm-hmm. that they want a biopsy. So I had a lot of atypical cells going on at that time. I had a lot of calcifications and things like that. So it went under review. Um, and I, so I had two um, uh, pathology uh, uh, reports that said it's not, but she's so close. It could be. And then I had two that said, yeah, it we think it is because we kept sending it off because we kept getting all these mm-hmm. weird reports. So I went in and they did a full on lumpectomy um, uh, and that was full on surgery and everything. And she said, you know, I don't want to over treat you at this point. Um, so we're going to watch you very carefully. And so um, I, uh, I, I, um, Went in every, you know, three months, every six months, you know, for for a few years. And then finally she said, you know, you just need to go have a diagnostic mammogram once a year um, going forward. And um, so I did. And uh, the, the, you know, eight years, fast forward, and you think, oh, I've passed the five years. I'm fine. So eight years later, I'm in there. And I knew that they were kind of watching a couple of places anyway. And... Um, I knew by their body language because normally a diagnostic mammogram takes 20 to 30 minutes, I would say. And I was in there an hour and they said, don't get dressed. We're going to look at this. We're going to look at that. And you knew. I knew. I knew exactly what was going on. So I, um, they take you back to the, um, the room and she said, you can get dressed now, but do not leave. The doctor's going to come in and talk to you. Okay. And she didn't even let me. I was like, uh, uh, uh. The principal's coming yeah, in. Much. You knew it was bad. Yeah. And she said, um, so anyway, the doctor came in and she said, all right. She said, we're going to biopsy you again. And I said, okay. And this is a different doctor um, than the one I had before. And so I said, okay. And she said, I just have, this is on a Monday. And she said, um, I have a, an opening on Wednesday. Wow. And I, quick. that's what I said. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm not in that big of a hurry. And she said, no, we're going to see you on <laughs> Yes, <Wednesday>. you are. <laughs> and so I went in early Wednesday morning and Thursday morning she called me and said, which was, I thought was really quick for pathology. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, she said, uh, it's under review again. And I went, I'm not. Mm-mm. And I said, just tell me. And she said, you know, I can't tell you until... Right. It's in writing. So they called me Friday morning and they said, can you be in here at four o'clock this afternoon? And I said, yes. And she said, you need to bring your husband. Oh, gosh. And she said, and I said, okay. So um, I called a couple friends and said, I don't have a very good feeling about it this time. You know, mm-hmm. this is way more than what happened the first time. And um, I called my husband um, that morning and I said, no golf for you on Friday afternoon. Right. We're going to the doctor. And I remember sitting in there and this is where I'm going to tear up, but she, you know, they go through all of this, 
information. They just kind of, they give you this book and they start giving you pamphlets and the, and talking to you about all these crazy terms. And, you know, it's deer in the headlights. Deer headlights. And um, she said, um, and, it, you know, she said, do you have any questions? And I asked a few <laughs> questions. Yeah. Because you almost don't even know how to ask questions mm-hmm. because you don't, you know, you've obviously yes. never been through this before. Sure. And she looked at my husband and she said, do you have any questions? And I mean, I thought he, he was just like, yeah, it just, glazed yeah, he was completely glazed over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, one of those holy cow moments. Mm-hmm. And we both, um, she said, okay. She said, you know, let us know, you know, um, who your doctors are going to be and all that kind of stuff. And so we, um, we got in the car and drove home and nobody said a word. He didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. We got in the car and just kind of, I just kind of walked in the house and he walked in the house. And I mean, it was, and I don't remember what happened after that. I don't even think we went to dinner. I don't know what happened after that, right. you know, but I got on the phone the next day and and made some, you know, doctor's appointments. Um, well, no, Monday, Monday. actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just kind of, you know, went from there. So, right. um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Sona, tell us how you, how, how, how did you find out? So I had my, so I had just had Dylan, my third, my third one. Um, and I was breastfeeding. Wow. And I breastfed all three of mine for like a year, for a year, you know, and, and, um, I feel this lump. So I'm thinking it's just a clock duck, you know, and all of a sudden he stopped breastfeeding on that side, on the right side which is weird to me. So I was just breastfeeding on the left side. And then um, after I was all said and done, I, you know, and I'm going for my checkup, which my ob she's checking everything. I'm like, I feel this lump and Dylan stop, has stopped feeding on that side. It's just weird. So um, I think it's a clogged duck and I had no history. She's like, well, let's just take, let's just, let's just get an ultrasound and a mammogram. So my my OB appointment was on Monday. Wednesday I have the ultrasound and the mammogram, and they see something. So the radiologist calls. I'm like, can you call my husband because he's a physician also, you know, uses the same terms as my husband does when he thinks his patient has cancer. So he's like, okay, he he's already thinking, right, ten steps ahead. Um, and then Thursday I get my ultrasound, and then Friday we find out that. It, it's cancer. So, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It happens yeah. quick. It's it's just bam, bam, bam. Yeah. yeah. Like head spinning. And there's, and you have no history. No history. No history. What? Breastfed for a year. Like, you know, you try to chills. do. Yeah. And really family history only plays a very, very yeah. small part. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 10, 15, 10% or something. I mean, it's really small. It's small. Yeah, I did get genetically tested to see if I did have a BRCA gene mm-hmm. deal, and it, that was negative. Negative, mm-hmm. negative, negative. And the do and, and again, this is excuse my ignorance. No, I'm blessed to not know this information, but I'm going to know now. But but is do, do they know what caused it? No, the, they don't. They really don't. I mean, it's, but to know that one in eight women. Mm. develops breast cancer now. That's a huge, huge number. And I remember when they, uh, I'd scheduled my surgery and I went to um, the pharmacist, uh, you know, to get, they give you all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, you walk out with a box of pills and you're thinking, oh my goodness, oh, for after your surgery. And um, she said, what's going on with you? Because, you know, they give you some pretty heavy duty, like muscle relaxers mm-hmm. and, and uh, things like that. And I said, well, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And she said, you're about the fourth or fifth person that's come in, you know, just in the Gosh. last like 10 days. That she said, there must be something mm-hmm. in the water in right the water now. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Forty-one, thirty-eight. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's, that's very, very young. young. Mm-hmm. Very young, typically. Young. I mean, is there, I mean, is there... Do we know the oldest and, and, or do we know the youngest? I mean, statistically, well, you, I mean. I, you know, I don't, but I know, I mean, you can get. There have been 18 year olds. I, I remember for Cufferly, when we do putting on the pink. There was. Sarah's, there was an 18 year old doing the survivor walk uh, for putting on the pink. So let's talk about treatment. So, Sona, if you will guide us through, you found the lump in your breast. What was your treatment? So found the lump, 
then of course, you know, we met with the, the, the breast surgeon who was going to, you know, explain what we were going to do, which is Dr. Anita Chow. She's amazing. My team was amazing. Then Dr. LeBlanc, Danielle was amazing. She was my uh, plastic. And then my oncologist, uh, Robin Young, like they all worked together. So first I had my, um, they, I had a, a bilateral mastectomy. Bilateral and, mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they put in expanders to get ready for reconstruction where, where you go in and they kind of put these things in to stretch your skin out to get ready for reconstruction for after you're done with your treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had that done. So I got the, got the mastectomy and then did chemo, four months of chemo, six weeks of radiation and wow. then, and then reconstruction. And then reconstruction. And this time frame was four weeks to 10 weeks. And I'm the- lucky. I'm so lucky. And I, I, that everything happened so fast. I literally, I found out, uh, on a Friday, two weeks later, two weeks later, I had my uh, mastectomy. Mm-hmm. One month later, started chemo. Yeah, and that then that went on until July. Then after that, six weeks of radiation, and then exactly one year after my mastectomy, I had my reconstruction. You did, yeah, okay. And I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. It, it happened. It was bam, bam, bam. I was fast. It was fast. You same thing. Um, yeah, not quite that fast. (laughs) Um, there was, um, so my breast surgeon was Dr. Bessie who has retired. Um, now she was all world and my plastic surgeon is, uh, Dr. Lewis Strock. And I just, you know, to me, he's like the boob God. I mean, he's does such phenomenal work. And, um, so when I had um, my mastectomy, I naturally had uh, triple D breasts, so I did not need expanders. Naturally, you Nat- had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go through a phase of your life. You yeah, wanted to add the so, triple well, D. That eliminated his surgery. I know, but you know, he he said, "I don't think we're going to need to do expanders. I've already got a lot oh, to work with." God. You know, and I was like, "Just yeah. saying." And I and he said, "You know, it's, and you do you it's so." When you have a mastectomy and people think it's a boob job and it is not Not a a boob job, it is an amputation and a reconstruction. And you have to think of that. You are amputating a part of your body. Right. Flat out. And you had double. Yes. Double mastectomy. Yes. Okay. And so, um, uh, you know, when you go in there and they take out books and they show you reconstructive surgeries that they have done. And it, I, I said, this is like buying a car. Right. You know, and he said, yeah, I'd never thought about that. But, you know, you tell him what you want and what you don't want. I wanted much smaller boobs. Not um, me. Breasts. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm going big or go home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my, my motto was high and tight. So, <laughs> and I don't want them to touch in the middle ever again. No. And so, um, you know, and that's what I just told him. I said, look, I said, you know, I, I breastfed both my boys. They were just, it was just, you know, right. I needed a, I wanted a redo. And I said, and they were always an issue because they were triple D and, you know, finding a bathing suit, a bra uh, or a blouse mm-hmm. or anything else was a nightmare. Right. And so I said, well, I think I want a B cup. And he went, yeah, uh, no, yes, <laughs> they right. would not be appropriate for your body frame. Cause I have wide, broad shoulders. And so he said, no, a D is great. We're going to go with a D. I said, okay. He said, I promise you, you'll be able to button a blouse and wear a bathing suit and all that. So, but you kind of talk about what you want and what you don't want Mm -hmm. in the surgery or, or, you know, you want your end result to be. And um, so, yeah, that's, and then I was referred on also to Dr. Young um, for oncology. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Same doctor. Same doctor. Same doctor. There, that's, and that's an, uh, that's a fabulous practice as well. So, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's a weird journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody touches you for a long time. Long time. And um, I said, uh, we were talking, we we're kind of laughing because, you know, you, they're, you you take your clothes off and they're poking at you and everything. And I thought, you know, if one more person touches my breasts, I'm going to come unglued. Because you think at that point, everybody has in the whole city, because you've been photographed, mm-hmm. you've, you know... Th- 
they they'll bring in uh, cert, uh students at your sure with your permission of course um you know that are studying plastic surgery and they talk about what they've done you know and you're just like okay yeah so let's do this let's, let's yeah. do it so yeah um they did have to convince me um I didn't want nipples afterwards because I was like man this is great I don't have to wear a bra. you know you don't have to sure. wear a bra and it nothing right. shows and all that headlights and are off headlights are off right. like and you do look kind of weird um and now that I look back at that but and I really put that off for about six months because I was just sick of surgery I was sick of everything and um he did tell me he looked at me one day and he said Chris I'm going to tell you this from a guy's point of view you got to have these because you'll look less surgical Wow. And I went, okay, why didn't you tell me that six months ago? Right. It just clicked for me at that yeah. point. Um, and so I scheduled all of that. But, you know, kind of going back to the, the I skipped a step um, because my cancer had not spread to my lymph nodes. Um, so I did not have to have, you know, the chemo radiation uh, deal. Um and because he had so much to work with, um, so to speak, and those are his terms, um, we, <laughs> I did not have to have expanders. Right. So I had my implants immediately. So I skipped that extra surgery. Lucky. I know. You didn't have chemo or radiation. That's correct. Okay. You just went double mastectomy and reconstruction. And reconstruction. And then the cancer's gone. Yes. That's the, that's the, that's the goal. The goal. Okay. Right. You had it in your lymph nodes. Is that I, it? Did I, I had it in my lymph nodes? They pulled out eighteen nodes, and three of them were positive for okay cancer. And hence the I know, hence the Chris just gasped. And you did that because I did not know that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. I repeat that again. <laughs> they pulled out eighteen lymph nodes, and um, three of them were positive. You know, once they pulled the lymph nodes out, you can't replace. Them. I can't put them back. Yeah, I can't put them back. So, so the the. What was the decision to make a bilateral mastectomy for you? And again, this may be a really stupid question, but it's no, just because it was not. just on one side. It was just on one side, but I didn't want to take a chance for it. Just maybe it takes just one cancer cell. Like exactly. Only one. Yeah. And you're done. You're like, done. You're done. So I didn't want it. I wanted them to take everything out. Take it all Get out. Get it out. Well, yeah, not yeah. to come back. Yeah. So your reconstruction, yes. were you, and you decided to go larger. Yes. And so what was your, I mean, what, I was, mean, your, what was your This range? was my, like, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So that's <laughs> my, my silver lining. So <laughs> I'm going to get the Ferrari, please. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> High and tight. High and tight, right? Exactly. So I was like, Danielle, and Danielle's really good. She's, she's a woman. She knows, you she know, is. and um, they're artists. They know. They know what will look good on you. So mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. she's like, we're going to go a little bit bigger. We're going to make it fit you. So, and like, like Chris was saying, they know, they know what will look good or what will be too much or, you right. know. So, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I've had, I've had a boob job in it and I had a, oh gosh, I can't think, think encapsulated, had to redo it. And I was like, go smaller. I, I, because my surgeon, um, I won't say his name, but I went, I mean, it was, they were too large. I mean, I mean, the first time and I was almost like, thank goodness it didn't encapsulate it, but I went smaller. Um, but mine is just, mine was just for cosmetics, obviously. Right. But, um, you know, I, I would assume that like you, when you're, when you're, when you're going through this and you're going, wait, wait, I mean, the light at the end of the table for yes. you is go smaller, you go larger. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and it's like when you have breast cancer, like the things that make you or the things that I felt like made me a woman, like, you know, your breasts are a, a, a huge deal, you know, and I'm not saying you have to have breasts because there's some women who are so comfortable, who look amazing. They've got these amazing tattoos on them. They have not had reconstruction. That's their choice. And I've seen pictures and they look amazing. Mm -hmm. I wish I had that confidence. Right. I just, I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, so this was the one thing I was looking forward to, you know, you chemo, you lose your hair. And so you're, you know. Like just one thing. I right. want one thing right. Go right. right. So that was fine. And you're happy where yeah. you are now. Yeah. That's so great. Yes. And how many years cancer free for you both? Seven. Seven. I'm eight. Eight. Yeah. Nice. Is the yeah. five year the mark though? Is that what? It is, but obviously right. that, I, 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 I that didn't think, work. I, yeah. Well, and it does for some people. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, and I have another friend whose breast cancer came back after 18 years. Oh, my stars. And um, she's fighting a big fight right now. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, you. she said I did everything I was supposed to do and mm-hmm. it, here it is. And here you are. Yeah. Right. Go back to the reconstruction. You and I have had this conversation, Chris. Tattoo, nipples. Nipples you added that weren't added before. Explain that process to me. Are there are there options? Like, is there? What well, am I trying to ask here? Yeah, that also happened. Like, like I know for me, they were tattooed on. Okay, I mean, they they put a shape and then they darken it or lighten it or whatever your original color was, and right. they tattoo it in. And I, mean, is that, I is feel that, like mine was back to like normal. What, yeah. yeah, what was what it was, what it was before? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. It's like a like a skin flap. I mean, they almost take a, they kind of take it from both sides, mm-hmm. you know, of the, the center of your yes. breast and they make this, um, it's almost mm-hmm. like a little flap, yeah. like a mm-hmm. rosette type looking thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> right, right, it, but I, I remember looking down going, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then that heals. And then when they tattoo, uh, you know, around it, the, it hides the scar and, yeah. and things like that. So, and I told him, I, you know, because then you have to go through the nipple discussion. I did not want big, I, I, no headlights. I didn't want anything. In fact, I didn't even want nipples to begin Correct. with. Correct. And so um, I said, I just, you know, yeah, okay, I'll look less surgical, but I don't want to be on all the time. Right. And I went with a lighter color. So if I wear a lighter shirt mm-hmm. or dress without, you know, with no bra, it just wasn't so glaring. Right. Underneath. And that, you know, that's, I've never been able to do that before is go without a bra. And, you know, if I wear something strapless, I don't have to, you know, go to the, you know, yeah, you don't have to That's nice. wear the, yeah, know. yeah. The sticky boobs that end up on the parking lot. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're just there. But, you know, yes, you have perky boobs now and, and they don't move and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, the sacrifice, and we did talk about mm. this, is, you know, you do lose your nipples, um, which is part of the sex and mm-hmm. part of all of that. Sensation, and right? Sensation. Yes. And, um, you know, you can rub my boobs and it's like rubbing my elbow. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's <there's, laughs> it's true. It's true. Your knees... You know, it's true. I've got not, you know, so no, you know, still feeling. numb. There's no feeling. And, and all that, but it's just kind of, okay, yeah, mm, yeah, wow. okay, thanks. And um, so that, you and I did go through a... a and I don't know if you did. Did you go through a time where you're like, oh, my God, I really miss my nipples? And then uh, yeah. I, then you miss them. You really? You miss them. Yeah, you do. And I, I I don't know if everybody goes through that, but mm-hmm. I did go through that because you're so thrilled not to have to, you know, there's no bra, there's no nipples, there's no that kind of stuff. And then you lose that sensation. And I think that's really kind of what I realized. I was like, Absolutely. oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. There it is. I didn't think about that because right. nobody talks about that. Well, right. So. Right. Well, next week, um, Dr. Celeste Holbrook is coming on with Velvet Box, and she is um, going to talk about sex after cancer, which which brings me to, and part of our talking points together, our nipple sensation yes. and the lack thereof. And that's what she was saying um, when we were talking on the phone about it, that that is a real thing and yeah. and yeah. how how she coaches couples through this. So your husbands, how did you deal with physical after you had breast cancer? We had to do counseling. I know we had to do couples therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you as a survivor, you know, you're, as I'm going through breast cancer, you have to remember the caretaker is going through a lot. Yeah. You cannot downplay what they did. And he went through a lot. Like he, you know, taking care of three boys, young, you know, like little. I had my little, like my one-year-old. And then, you know, I had my middle one. And then my oldest was like in third grade, you know? So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's and a lot. So yeah, um, emotionally, mentally, it took a toll on him too. So then you have to find a new way to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And young, I mean, still yeah. in your thirties. In your thirties. I think I might have wanted sex in thirties. Don't worry. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you and Wilson, how did it? Well, we did not do couples therapy, although I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I never even. Um, mm-hmm. But I w- Wilson was so wonderful through the entire process, and and um, 
you know, it, you can finally, after you get the drains out and stitches and that kind of stuff, you can finally take a shower again. Oh gosh. I don't even, yeah. And hair washing. And, yeah. Hair washing, oh, all that stars. kind of stuff. And so, um, he, you know, I had a shower seat cause you're so weak after surgery. It, you just, it, you know, you don't know even a truck hits you basically. And, um, so, I had a hand, I got a handheld shower so I wouldn't have to stand up in the shower and um and a shower seat and he would he stood right outside the shower every time I took a shower so and got me out of the bathtub mm-hmm. dried me off put a robe or whatever you know back mm-hmm. on me and would get me back in the bed after that so he drove me to the um my hair salon to get mm-hmm. my hair washed. Um, and they were so good. I could do it first thing in the morning when nobody else was in there. Because, right. you know, I still had tubes and sure. and stuff like that. Because there were a couple times when I said, I have to get my hair washed. Oh, Because gosh. I can't, I'm, I'm not Mm-mm. dealing with this very well. So they were really, really wonderful. And I'd go in there in my bathrobe and, you know, and, and at 8.30 in the morning and they would wash my hair and, mm-hmm. you know, put me back in the car and send me back home. Right. So, um, but I was very fortunate to have a supportive husband. I know that your husband was very supportive yeah. um, as well. Um, I think it's also when you're diagnosed, uh, you can't have enough support mm-hmm. going through this. Um, and I don't, I know that there are a lot of people who do not have a lot of support. Mm. Okay. Um, I was very fortunate. Yeah. I know that you were very fortunate yes. um, to have a, a great group of, of girlfriends and all that. So, you know, I had meals for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, they just, it, I had too much food sure. for, for mm-hmm. three weeks. Right. And, um, you know, people sent flowers and they'd come by to see me and and uh, a couple of them brought wine. And so I would take a muscle relaxer mm-hmm. and they'd have a glass of wine and we were all kind of on, level, on the same level playing, playing field. field. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, I just, uh, it was, I, so for that part of all of this, it was very positive, but I know that there are a lot of women who have to go, go it alone and, or don't have family here and things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of services here. Um, you know, there's cancer care services. We're so fortunate in Fort Worth to have the resources, you know, Jump Cats, um, has a, has a breast center here. Um, there's cuisine for healing. If you cannot make meals for yourself, um, because after you have a mastectomy, you're not supposed to move your arms very much. You know, you can't raise your arms and you can't unload your dishwasher. You can't do any of that kind of stuff and they will bring you meals. And, and, um, you know, we just have so many wonderful resources. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your nurse, uh, your uh, uh, nurse navigator um, mm-hmm. will uh, will help you find mm-hmm. people that will drive you to chemo and, sure. and and help you. And so, you know, you but you have to reach out and of you course. know, and right. there's nothing wrong with that. Just say, hey, I need some help I need here, help. I you need know, help. and mm-hmm. and do it. Um, that's I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier um that and and I'm and with radiation it can kick you into menopause, it will kick you or or what it's was the, it? Chemo. 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 I don't care chemo. About menopause. And kick you into menopause. Yeah. But like even now, like I still take uh XMSDane, like every day is a pill to stop the estrogen. Um, and then uh, once a month, I get a Zolodex shot in my ovaries to keep it from You're going in because I, I still haven't had a, um, a hysterectomy. A hysterectomy. Okay, so I still got I still have ovaries. In the okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. so okay, another crazy question. So, is are you in menopause? I am. You I am, are. but they're still making sure because you know fat has estrogen. Yeah, so they still need to block all the estrogen coming from. Other sources. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. We've had this conversation because I take estrogen. I'm postmenopause now. Oh, I can't believe I said that. But I'm <laughs> taking estrogen, bio, bioidentical. Right. And um, testosterone and well, the three of them, the eight, all of them. I'm taking them all. You guys cannot take estrogen source. Is that correct? That's correct. That's right. correct. Because you just like what you just said, you can't have well, that excess. Well, our cancer was, was estrogen positive. Was estrogen positive. So there's... If you know you, there are different types of breast cancer. So, like triple negative, which is not hormone based. I it's my understanding that you can 
take estrogen to get through menopause. So, but you know, you can get through menopause without taking anything. Of course you can. And it's sometimes it's not pretty. It's not. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, she's my friend in wig. Like, <laughs> or you can take too much. Yeah. And, and, um, it, yeah, you can yeah. It'd be very emotional. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, you, yeah, you just don't want to do that. You're, you're yeah. kind of asking for it. Right, exactly. And they coach and you, you want to do, do everything you can to never have this it's experience, okay. uh, uh, you, you know. And so you exercise, you cut out soy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is in everything. Which is in everything. Yes, um, everything. So, you know, I've pretty much cut out processed foods, mm-hmm. like, yeah. all together. Um, you have to. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, even salad dressings, the first oh. thing on the label is soy. 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 That's a thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, there's a lot of hidden filler stuff everywhere. And that's a whole nother podcast, podcast. probably. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I try to eat as organic as possible and just eat, really eat whole, true whole foods. Mm-hmm. Real know, food. Mm-hmm. Real food, which everyone should anyway, right. but especially um, survivors for, yes. sure. for sure. You know, and listen to your body. You know, I just think it's important that, you know, if something, you feel something weird going on, you know, go back to your doctor and if they brush you off, mm-hmm. find somebody else. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had that issue. They're pretty on, you know, they, I remember um, about six months well, it wasn't even six months. It was a few months after my initial mastectomy. And they, um, I went in for a checkup and she found, you know, it was, it turned out to be scar tissue, mm-hmm. but it, um, she said, I, I don't like the way this lump feels. And I got really mad and I thought I have just been through the ringer mm-hmm. and here we go. Again. Here we go mm-hmm. again. And my anniversary is in December. And of course getting a, um, sonogram, or anything like that in December because everybody's waited until the end of the year because yes. of insurance mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to wait um, like two weeks. And oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. And it was terrible. I mean, I was in like La La Land sure. zone. I forgot my anniversary mm-hmm. and everything. everything. I mean, I just was in a terrible place for those two weeks. Yeah. That's crazy. Tell me so. about the emotions. I mean, that you go through. I mean, it just, so I, I mean, just your, bo- your boys, your, were you, is there- I was, I remember at first, like hearing, <laughs> could have cancer. It's just like, surely not. This is something calcified, a clogged duct after the biopsy, when it pops, you guys will see. Let's move on. Let's, let's, right. Yeah. Then it was like, I was just like, crap, I've got three kids. What am I going to, like, I've got to take care of this, this, and this. And cause you know what? that journey, your journey is going to entail, like after you find out what stage you are or whatnot, you know, and I was mad for a long time. I was really mad, mad and upset at the world. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this even happening? Like, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? Exactly. There's like murderers out there. Like, yeah, they, not that anybody deserves this, but but I didn't deserve it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really mad. Yeah. Angry. Angry, angry, upset. And then, and then you find out, you know, like your true friends, which I'm going to say I was lucky. Like people stepped up at my school. My friends took me to chemo. I found out like people, people are good. People are good. People are so good. People are good. And it really surprised me who stepped up Mm -hmm. and who stepped out. Yeah. 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 It's, I was shocked. Right. At, who stepped out. Right. Um, and that's okay. You know, some people don't want to, don't know how to deal with what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so they step out. And then there are others that step out because, you know, they do. Yeah. You know, my mom, um, Chris knows this, my mother died and she had a long journey um, with, with cancer. And um, it, it was, um, it was, a, it was, it was, it was, I feel so guilty, so much guilt because my sister is hands-on medical, like mm-hmm. hands-on. Thank you, Jill. Hands-on. Wants to be at every treatment, wanted to be, I mean, and she had children, three children. And and um, my brother and I couldn't handle it. I went one time to MD Anderson, four years. What the hell? You know? And I just, I was scared. I was didn't know how to touch her. I didn't know how to, so... Is that real? It's absolutely very real. Yeah. Yes. And you can't beat yourself up over that. Now, why am I crying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
Yeah, you're, yeah, you're on overload. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens often. But you know, I mean, but is that you're talking about people stepping out? And I know, I mean, please don't like. It, of course, I called her every day, and you know, right. But so that's I, different. I think. Yeah, I was afraid of you know, and I was afraid of her dying, and she did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Were you afraid of mortality? I remember because you know. Dr. Google was... No, oh, gosh. Women D. No. Yeah. yeah. It's the first place I went. Yes, like, mortality you Mortality rate. <laughs> and of course, my husband's like, she's like, that is the one. You don't need to do go Do not there. do that. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you think about it. But at the end of the day, I was like, no, I have to make it because I've got three boys. boys. I've got my husband. Yes. You know, like, right. Right. Death was not an option. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that goes to your mental, the way you treat it mentally, you know, to, yeah. if you just, death is not an option. You know, I'm going to get through this. I never went through the why me thing. I kind of, that's not how I yeah. cope, so to mm-hmm. speak. I, right. I, um, I, I do the, we're going to, we're going to march. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are the marching orders Yeah, and then you get through it and then I have the breakdown. So yeah. it was probably, um, I remember Dr. Strzok, he asked me, he looked at me one day and he goes, have you cried? And I went, no, me, really? And he goes, well, you know, it's okay to cry. Yeah. And I went, I'm sure it is. But I'm not doing it. But I'm not doing it. (laughs) And about a month later, I couldn't turn it off. Right. Because it was just, I didn't cry through the process and all that kind of stuff. I just, yeah, it was a lot, several months. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was just waterworks. You know, and Mm -hmm. I was working at the time um, and they were less than supportive Mm. of what I was going through. And Mm. I, I had a couple comments of, well, you know, you, you, you just don't seem like you're into your job and, when was the last time you worked a 40-hour work week? Oh, my stars. And I thought, I'm not in the right place. No. And when that kind of stuff started to happen, I, I almost said, well, when was the last time you worked a 40-hour yeah. work week, Mr. Golf? Yes. And um, so I, you know, I worked a few more months and then took a hiatus after that for mm-hmm. a few years. Right. And, and I just decided that I was going to... Um, not work and spend time with my kids who were older. Mm-hmm. And um, I traveled a lot and just kind of took some me time, mm-hmm. which I think is very important mm-hmm. um, to do that. So, oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And spent time with my, my boys are older. They're 26 and 28. So um, I had a freshman in college when I was diagnosed. And he actually said, do I need to come home and drop out wow. of school? And I said, no, you do not. And he was in Colorado. He was in Colorado. Oh, yeah, gosh, that school of mine. tough on him. And yeah, so, but my younger son um, was a senior in high school. And, you know, that kind of made me take a step back from activities obviously, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So he, it, it gave him, you know, you always baby the baby. Yes, you do. And, um, and it kind of gave him a little more, um, reason to step up right. that I, you know, cause I couldn't do what Mm-mm. normally do when, you know, their senior year. Sure. So, um, but yeah, you know, you just, you get through it right. and, and, you know, we talked about the physical part of it. I think the mental part of it mm-hmm. was personally harder for me. Um, yeah. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. You mentally. Know, yeah, mentally. Emotionally, too. Yeah. I was depressed. Yeah. Of course. I was depressed. And when I you can't. lose your hair, and, oh, you know, hair yeah. is so important Identity. because we all have hair goals every yes. day that, um, you know, you look in the mirror and you, you're reminded that you're sick Yeah. when you don't have hair. And I think that that's a very ment- that's a very emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and mental deal to stir, you know, you face that every day, Mm -hmm. you know, for the first few seconds when you wake up, you think, oh, it's great. I'm healthy. And then, Mm -hmm. then the reality. And honestly, like when you're going through it, and of course, I don't know if you're like this, but I felt like my life was at a standstill and everybody else's life was just moving on. And mine was just chemo every two weeks. Yeah. Then in bed, like the effects of chemo, you're like, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're sleeping a lot. Yeah. So. It does. It robs you of time. Right. That you can never get back. Exactly. And it's out of your control. I think that was another thing too, is you lose control of your life because right. it's doctor's appointment after doctor appointment. And then it's a surgery and then it's follow-up and then you're sleeping all the time because you're 
recovering and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So it does, it robs you of time and, mm-hmm. and, and you're not in control. And that was frustrating. Oh yeah. You know, for me, yeah, you want not in control. Well, you're not, you, you know, you're used to go, 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 go all the time. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, you really need to rest Ugh. and don't overdo it. And yeah. you know, when you've overdone it, because then you're really in bed for two days after that. Right. Sure. Hit bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, Just emotionally and physically. So you girls, I think I'm pretty sure, but putting on the pink. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yes. us about that. We're dressed in pink, everyone. We Let's are. See. We are. Um, so I uh, was friends with Diane Stowe, who was the associate publisher at Fort Worth, Texas Magazine. And she ran into me one day and said, I just heard you had breast cancer and we do survivor models for putting on the pink and I'd like you to be a survivor model. And I said, okay, I had no idea what that entailed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at all. And um, I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, you walk out on the floor and twirl around and all that. I had no idea. It was a full-on elevated catwalk catwalk (laughs) runway. (laughs) Major fashion show. Major fashion show. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I did that and they Mm -hmm. asked me to join the committee or the board after that. Um, And I became uh, pretty involved. Um, with that, it's a it's a huge passion. Um, mobile wellness, um, which is what we fund, that we fund the services of the mo- of the mobile wellness wow. wellness units to for women of the and and underserved communities right. and people that um, women that have transportation, language, you know, healthcare. The, these are huge barriers of um, you know getting to places that you can or affording it or anything. Mm-hmm. So they take these these mobile wellness units and they take them out to remote areas or to pers- uh, zip codes that are underserved. And you can get a mammogram, a well woman, uh, colon screening, um, uh, heart screening, uh, blood work, you know, for diabetes and all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff. So um, it's it just really kind of became a passion. It did, yeah. Um, for both of you. For both yes. of us. Yeah. Is that yeah. how y'all met? We did. Yeah. 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 And so I, you know, chaired a couple committees and then went on to chair the event and she chaired the event after me. Oh, goodness. Um, then it, what, the next year? Yeah, it was the next year. It was the next year. Yeah. And then I was board chair and I nominated her to be board chair because I just think she's, she's just so incredible. <laughs> yes. And both of you. I'm a oh huge Sona cheerleader. <laughs> and um, As I am a Christine And so, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I just think that it's just a wonderful gift to give back to the community. And we can't volunteer on the buses because of HIPAA and and that kind of stuff. But you can raise money to give back to Mm -hmm. that. And it's very expensive, um, you know, to fund all of that. And, you know, these these buses have um, mammogram units on them. So you have to shore up the bus, you know, because it has to be able to carry the weight of that. It, it's it, there's a lot of medical it's equipment. A it's mm-hmm. a lot and staffing, they have, and they have to staffing. staff it, right. and that is truly a calling. Um, they uh, to one of our meetings, and it was very early on, and I think this is when I knew I could never leave this committee. Um, they will kick me off eventually, but <laughs> um, but I met the driver of the bus, the mobile wellness unit, and because they bring it to a meeting, and you get to tour the bus. Mm-hmm. And I, she was there along with the, the physician and the physician explained everything that they do. And I talked to the driver of the bus and she said, well, I love my job. I get to drive this, this mobile unit to the underserved committee and I get to meet these women and I get to check them in mm. and I get to know them. And I thought, okay, take my money. I'm going to write you a check right here. Right. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. And she was so loving and wonderful. And she drives the bus. And I mean, she drives the bus down dirt roads into remote sure. parking, yeah. little towns. I mean, all everywhere. kinds of things everywhere. And she loves her job. Mm-hmm. And I just, to me, that was so magical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that and uh, it's obviously a passion. It's a passion yes. for the um, for the doctors and nurses um, who are on that bus as well. So right. the unit mobile, mobile wellness unit, but um, incredible. It yeah. is incredible. I yeah. think I think we forget because when uh, you know uh, we're 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 lucky enough where we don't think twice. We've got insurance, so when we were sick, we could pay for our treatments right. and, and and everything. But some of these women who have cancer won't 
choose not to do it because they don't have the insurance or they don't oh, have dear. the money, which is sad. So. It's so sad. Or they don't want to lose their hair because they're afraid their, their husband yeah. will leave them. I mean, there's so much that goes into all of this kind of treatment and, or they don't, you know, they're, they don't understand what's going to happen, you know, yeah. when they are screened mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it's, um, lucky. yeah, we are lucky because we, it, it, and to speak to your point, they, we'd have insurance. I can call up a doctor and say, Hey, I need to make an appointment with right. you. Mm-hmm. What do you have available? Yeah. And they're in a public health system mm-hmm. and you're funneled into that public health system. It's a very different um, experience and journey going through um, right. any type of, of chronic illness, oh, uh, whether gosh. it's cancer or heart or, right. or yeah. anything, yeah. Yeah. diabetes, anything, anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Anything. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your you being here. Yeah, I mean, how brave. Yeah. I mean, you're survivors, but you're thriving. I mean, you have to press on. You have to press on. And, um, you know, I think counseling, if you need it, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's groups that will help you right. reach out to friends um, and all that. But you do, you have to press on. And, and uh, it does make you reevaluate, you know, where you are in life mm-hmm. and things like that. I was, you know, I, I kind of, stood up one day and I thought, okay, I've got, you know, 30 years or 25 years left. How do I want to spend them? Mm-hmm. And when you start to ask yourself those questions after something like this, you, it, it, they're very different answers than what they were before. Sure. Before. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And good. I've learned to let a lot of things go. We kind of talked about that, you know, now, I mean, something happens and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, it's fi- change. It does. It, yeah, change the mindset, it's right? Fixable. Yeah. You know, but just about everything is fixable. It is, and so yeah. you just kind of move on down the road and do the best you can, and right. and help other people. Yes, it's really important that it's empowering. You almost feel like you could leap tall buildings in a single bound right. after going through this, and it's so important to help other women. You know, absolutely leap. Right, and that's why y'all are here. To help other women. And, Absolutely. And tell your story. I can't tell you how much I thank you. I love you today. Uh, I love, love you too. too. Oh. Now, now you're my new friend. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And please come back. You know, I'll bug you again about something else. Yeah, There's, you will. There'll That's be okay. something. Yeah. This yeah. is her second time on. You were on like show number two. Was it, it two? Was yeah, it I think two? this is 90 something. Oh, wow. In the wow. I know. Quite a lot. You were there when we started thinking about the podcast. So. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Because she started to talk about it and oh, wow. we're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here she goes. Right. <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Such a, an important topic and make sure you're supporting everyone around you, especially during this month of October, Breast Cancer Awareness. And uh, hey, everyone rate and review this. Go. We are trying to get up in that Apple, Spotify world, the podcast world. Rate, review. Let me know what you want to hear and uh, follow me on Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman and all social media platforms and everyone thank you for listening again and keep being fabulous.